Welcome to Farewell, Mr. Nice Guy, and I am your host, MNG, and I would like to welcome you to today's episode. Now, what are we talking about today? So we're talking about life changes. A little while ago, I kind of was thinking, I was like, man, life changes over the decades. So let's say every 10 years, you you change, you grow, and we know that in life, we are going to grow. We're going to grow outside of friends. We're going to grow outside of our friends. We're going to grow out of our friends. We're going to grow outside of our previous mindset. We're going to you know, outgrow experiences. We're going to outgrow jobs. You know, in, in some cases, we outgrow family members. Regardless of the situation that has happened, we outgrow those things. So I kind of wanted to take this moment to kind of talk about how over the last, let's say, 20 years of my life, going into like 30 years of my life, how my life kind of evolved and changed and what mattered to me then versus what matters to me now. And as you get older, you kind of give a fuck less as you get older. And I know I'm not the only one guilty of it. I know some people out there like, well, I wasn't giving a fuck since I was born. I stopped giving a fuck then. As soon as the baby, as soon as the doctor slapped my ass, I stopped giving a fuck then. I didn't give a fuck at all. I'm glad that you feel that way, but it wasn't like that for me. So if we was just, I want to kind of just start off in my early 20s. Now in my early 20s, I cared about a lot of stuff. I cared about people's opinions. I cared about people's thoughts. Now I still maintain this, I don't give a fuck attitude which I really didn't give a fuck, but that didn't mean that people's opinions didn't affect me in a certain way. And I didn't take it into consideration, especially a lot of people that was in my life at that time. I knew a lot of people, I knew a lot of people, like I had a lot of mentors at that time in my early twenties. I had just started working at my first real job. How many of y'all actually remember your first real job? Like you actually have medical insurance you can you can go to the doctor you had dental insurance you have visit insurance you can actually go to the doctor let me tell you my mom had a rule and she stuck by it and she basically told me if you're not bleeding we're not going to the hospital if a bone ain't broke we're not going to the hospital that's pretty much how i live my whole childhood if I went and jumped over a fence and I'm limping home bleeding, she told me to go back and play. If I broke my bike and I flipped over the handlebars and I had scrapes and scuffs all over my clothes, clothes just ripped, and I'm sitting there looking like, my, you know, my, my shoulder don't feel right. Put some ice on it. That's how rough my childhood was. We didn't go to the hospital for little scrapes and everything. We didn't go to the hospital for the flu or the cold, they made me a hot toddy and said, go lay down. That, that's how it was. Now, since I got insurance, I'm at the hospital like it ain't nobody business. Run, run this tab, but we gonna use this insurance. I ain't never had insurance. So when I first got my real job and I had insurance, I didn't even know what dental insurance was. They're like, well, use your dental insurance. I said, what is, what is dental insurance? You know, so you can go get your teeth cleaned. Teeth cleaned? Who going to get their teeth clean? Like what? Like, like what is that? 
I ain't never been to the dentist until I got a real job. Now, my mom may say different. I don't recall ever going to the dentist, but I went to the dentist for the first time and I was like, dang, this is, this is different. Like I was from one of them households where the only insurance that you had really working for you was medical. That was it. You didn't go get your eyes checked. You ain't go get your teeth checked. Nothing. I barely went. I, I can't even tell you if I went for checkups every year. I just got to adulthood and didn't know nothing about that. So when I got real insurance, I was using that real insurance. Like I was at the dentist every six months. I was at the doctor's office every six months. My doctor was like, look, you can only come one time a year. I don't have to see you every six months. I'm like, well, I'm just trying to make sure I'm healthy. I'm fit. Cause I was watching hospital shows and I'm like, I don't want to be the hospital shows. Like, you know, that person that just found out that they got cancer cause they ain't go to the doctor often enough. Man, I was up there checking my chest. Like, do I feel lumps or some shit like that? Like, what the hell? But I digress. But yeah, so when I got my real job, nobody kind of told me how to be professional at work. So I kind of was like a live wire at work. Like I was just talking shit at work. Like people's opinions matter, but at the same time, I kind of had that same attitude. Like, man, I don't give a fuck, man, fuck you. I say whatever I want to say, when I want to say it, you're going to like it, you're going to enjoy it, and we're going to keep it moving. But the team was cool. Like we used to just sit there and talk shit to each other. So during that whole time that I didn't have my son, I kind of was living my life. I wasn't paying child support, so I wasn't kind of enjoying myself. And I was still being a dad. Being a dad wasn't as important to me in the beginning stages. And I guess that was more so because me and and his mom kind of had a rift because we broke up. Now, as I stated before, you know, I hurt her feelings. Now, I wasn't out there doing right. And I and she ended up moving out of the apartment, moved back with her family. And, you know, I didn't, I don't think I was the man I was supposed to be for her. And we kind of went our, and we kind of went our separate ways. And maybe I could have mended it back then, but I chose not to. I chose to kind of keep it moving and live my life. So a lot of things in my beginning 20s, in the early 20s, didn't really matter. Like I didn't go to parties or clubs or anything. I didn't start doing that stuff until like my mid to late 20s. I started going to clubs. I started going to parties. That's when I started kind of get my my feet wet in those kind of atmospheres. Because I didn't go to that. So that stuff didn't matter to me when I was in high school. A lot of my friends used to go to the club. I used to go out to St. Andrews a lot. They would go hang hang out down there, but they would always tell me stories of somebody fighting or them about to fight. And I was like, yeah, you know, that's your experience. I don't want that to be my experience. So I would kind of stay away from those type of things, like late teen, like mid to late teenage years. You know, you'd be able to get in St. Andrews, Masonic Temple, like 16. And, you know, you have fun with all the other high schools. Yeah, I didn't go to any of that stuff. Like, I was like, yeah, y'all telling me too many bad stories. Uh-uh, I'm good. So if we look at just that period by itself, you know, I'm still trying to just live my life and, you know, and be. Instead, I was trying to figure it out. And we all understand that in those beginning years, you're all, you're trying to figure out what you want to do who you want to be at that time I was already a father I know I wanted to be in my son life 
But as I told y'all, in those beginning years, there wasn't many things that I too much cared about. So being a father, yeah, I wanted to be be there with my son and make sure that he was okay. But at the same time, I'm having this riff with his mother. And to avoid having those arguments every weekend and animosity every time I go pick him up and drop him off. You know, like I told you, I called, man, I will call off. I can't make it this weekend. I'm tired. Or I got to go to work. Or whatever little uh, statement or excuse I can come up with. That's what I did. So in those days, you couldn't you couldn't pay me to have to go and deal with her. But I was also still a little bit gullible then when it came to women. Very gullible when it came to women. I mean, it was that's like my Achilles heel. Like, I, I, I chase women. So it was so back then I cared about that's one of the things that I did care about having sex and meeting women like that's something that I did care about and you know if I could find an easy little way to get it then hey I was out there getting it now mind you like I said this is my early 20s so it was kind of it was kind of wild wild west for me I was just loading the gun up just ah, 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 I was just out there so if we talk about my uh, late 30s, no, late, uh, not late 30s, uh, my late 20s to early 30s, that was a very interesting time. So right around 26, and this is kind of where the, the change started to occur at. So right around 26, you know, I was working at this gym, and while I was working there, one of the guys, we had, you know, a real conversation. And he had told me something that I have never heard. Now, mind you, I've had a lot of mentors throughout my life. Some of them are still relevant today and others are not. But this one guy, he told me, he was like, you should spend more time looking for a wife than playing around with girls' hearts. And I was like, damn, I was like, that's kind of cold. Because I had asked him, you know, about his marriage, you know, how he did. I was always curious about marriage. Now, let me tell you why I was curious about marriage. Why I was curious about marriage. And help me, un- and help me understand. Because everybody's perspective is definitely different when it comes to talking about marriage. So, my per- this is my perspective. I don't understand forever. I can't picture it. I can't picture... I guess it's difficult for me to picture being with one person for an unseen number of years. Now, don't get me wrong. It is something that I want. But how can you picture that? Like, what Like what makes that sort of kind of finite in your head? Like, you know what? This is my person. And this is who I want to be with. You are the one that I choose. I choose you forever. Well, for as long as you live, because your life is termed at some point in time, you're going to die. That's evident. Like, we all should get used to knowing that we're going to die. But how do you determine forever? And I guess that's one of the things that's, have, that's always escaped me is determining forever. Can I see you forever? Or maybe I just haven't met that right person. Because some people say... You know, you know, 
it's a feeling it's a thought it's, it's not even a thought it's a feeling you just you just know and i'm like i ain't ever really been that sure in my life i know when i go see a car i say yeah i want to drive that for the next few years i don't want to drive it for life i don't want to drive it for 10 years to be honest with you i got a car right now i've been driving for 10 years but then i will end up going to get another car so now i got that car so it's kind of like and i don't see myself driving that car for the next five years as long as i'm paying a car note that is a harsh commitment a car but how can you dedicate that to another person every day same sex same attitude same individual person i guess i never really could picture i guess i never really met anybody that I could picture forever with. And that may change for me. That may change. And looking at back then, at 26, when I heard that, I was like, dang, I've been out here playing around with girls' hearts. So I figured I would do something radical. I started giving women two months. And was like, look, you got 60 days to show and prove uh, we can't move forward. I was cutting them out and I was being direct with them. But that wasn't getting me anywhere. And then I met this one young lady I actually proposed to. And then she walked out of my life. So when that happened, a lot more had changed for me. The way I view marriage then compared to now is worlds apart. Because now I'm getting more information on marriage, especially since the pandemic happened. Now it's so much more information on people's marriages and what's happening in those marriages and the secrets our people are holding and what's happening during divorce. I mean, think about it. 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago, somebody got divorced. You pretty much really didn't hear anything unless it went through the grapevine. Now everybody is putting their whole life and business on the internet visually and I was kind of making people second guess, like, well, maybe I don't want to be married. Maybe I don't want to be with this person. So everything evolves and change. So my mindset between 26 and 32 was, man, I need to date to find a wife. That's why I needed. That's what I want to do. Like, I want to find my person. And at the same time, I'm going to school. I'm working two jobs. And I'm raising my son. By myself at that. I didn't have much help during those periods from his mother. Well, she tried. But I mainly told her, like, look, the best way you can help me is to get yourself together. So we can both be able to contribute to him both mentally, financially, emotionally. Because if you're struggling in any aspect of your life, you can't 100% be there for your child because you're always distracted with some type of bill, with some type of issue, trying to find a solution. So the mindset there was to find somebody that I can grow with, I can love. And I thought I had found it at that point in time, but I didn't. 
So let's just let's just look at it. So in my early 20s, I didn't give a fuck. To get into my late 20s and early 30s and actually giving a fuck. So I gave a fuck during so at one point in time I didn't give a fuck. I didn't give a fuck about shit. I didn't give a fuck about relationships. You know, I, I, I did give a fuck about my son, don't get me wrong. That's not one thing I didn't give a fuck about. You know, even though I was a weekend parent and I would call off. <laughs> but, and I didn't care about people's opinions. Even though their opinions did affect me, but I didn't give a fuck about them. And I didn't really too much give a fuck about my trajectory in life at that point in time. I need you to say that because I really didn't get serious about what I wanted to do in life until later on. So if, and we talk about later on, we're talking about that 26 to 32 time, uh, time frame. So for those, but six, six or seven, those six years, you know, I, I kind of changed my perspective on how I approach life. And a lot of people had told me, and so people had work with kind of fucked me up. I ain't gonna lie to you. It was like, well, you know, when you turn 30, you know, you kind of go through this thing. It's like, what the fuck is this thing? It's like, yeah, you're going to, it happened to me. Then another guy was like, yeah, it happened to me. You just get a realization. Once you turn 30, like, damn, I ain't did shit with my life. Because your 20s go in a blink of an eye. And before you know it, you're 30. And then you're going through your 30s and in the blink of an eye, you're 40. And then eventually I'll start going through my 40s. And then the blink of an eye, I'll be 50. And there's a lot of things that I would like to accomplish before I get 50. So back to the second mindset before I get too distracted, sidebars and side notes and shit. But during that time, yes, I did propose to a young lady and I was working on getting my bachelor's degree. So my primary focus was, okay, I need to build and make something of myself so I can be better for my son, so I can provide for him in a way that I was a provider for when I was growing up. Not saying that I didn't have a bad, that, not saying that I had a bad childhood, not saying that I was not financially supported by my mother, which I definitely was financially supported by my mom. But there were things that I had done that she didn't do. One of the things is, is that not to go too far off into it, but I also had the mindset of making sure that I invested in my son. I wanted to make sure that I invested all type of interest in his interests. And that's something that didn't happen when I was growing up. There wasn't any vested interest. So one of the things I like to do, or I wanted to do, was play basketball. And my mom did put me in leagues. She did put me on basketball teams that I did try out and everything. And I know some people are like, well, you know, that, that shows interest. It does show interest. But when I kind of look at, from working at a basketball gym, I see those mothers have interest and invested interest. They And they're probably able to do it because of the positions that they're in. But think about it like this. They take their, their kids to go see private coaches. They make sure that their kids are in certain um, certain programs and certain camps and I'm pretty sure uh, some of these camps existed a lot of them didn't but also information is more fluid now than it was then it's not to say that it wasn't accessible but it was more fluid 
And I was an avid basketball player. I walked blocks to go play basketball. I played basketball with kids that were older than me. That's how much I love playing basketball. And I think with a little bit more of investment and interest and support, not think this was a major thing, but support, then you know things would have been different. So I, so that was another change for me is making sure that I show interest and invested in what my son liked to do. If he wanted to be a game developer, you know, I made sure that I, you know, peaked interest towards that point, towards those activities. You know, if he wanted to be a coder, you know, I wanted to make sure that I had the relative information or the relative program that he was supposed to attend for that. So there's a lot of things that I changed during that particular time because, like, I had him at karate. He did karate for a little bit. You know, he went to a few other programs um, every now and then. So it was a lot of things that I just wanted to be able to provide for him during that time space. So now if we look at the era that I'm in now, so we're going to say this era is 33 to 40. Where is my mindset at now? How am I feeling? What is my overall objective? So now I want to say that I'm in my entrepreneurship stage. So now I'm looking at, okay, for the next 10, 15 years, I see the way the economy is going. How can I achieve more to outlast or outdo inflation? How can I be in a position where inflation inflation doesn't bother me? How can I be in a situation where, yes, I am going to work, but I got some things over here that's happening for me where I'm not going to be in a position where I'm living paycheck to paycheck. So now I'm in my entrepreneurship stage. I'm also in that I don't want to have no more goddamn kids stage. I'm in that stage as well. I don't know if I want to have to deal with a 20-year-old and I'm in my 50s or 60s. I don't know if I want that. Unless, you know, I get married and she wants to have kids. And that's the other thing. What is my ideals on marriage? <sighs> I'm going to go more indefinite into that on another show. But I'll tell you this. I'm not completely against marriage. But based on a lot of things that have occurred since the pandemic and everything my mindset towards marriage is I want a prenup and I know that a lot of women probably don't agree with a prenup but of course you won't agree with a prenup because the law is on your side so there's one thing that I can say to every man that is out there get a prenup now I did watch a video and this attorney said it best He said that couples that have a prenup stay married longer versus couples that don't have a prenup. Let that sink in. Couples stay together longer with a prenup versus those that do not. And guess what? Guess who files for divorce more? Women. Want to know why? Because when they get fed up, when they get pissed off, 
or they don't get what they want. Not all women. I'm not saying all women. But when those things occur or happen, they file for divorce. And when they file for divorce, they go for the jugular. And they take you for everything. Everything. So I'm in that stage where, do I want to be married? Yes. Do I want to find love? Yes. Do I want to find my person? Yes. Do I want more kids? No. Because I want to be stingy with my money. I want to be very stingy with my money. I like kids, but I kind of like other people's kids better because I can send them back home. Come, spend a few hours. You know, I can have a lot of, you know, God children. I'll be okay with that. I'll be okay with God children. Come on over, God kids. Okay, go home, God kids. Matter of fact, I like God kids more because I don't have to exert a lot of time and energy to the God kids. I'm 100% with that. Actually, I'm in love with that idea. In love with it. What is... So, and I want... And I, and I don't know if I said this already, but... And I want the prenup. So when it comes to marriage, I want the prenup. I, if the woman don't agree with it, she can leave. Like, people fail to realize... Yeah, I propose to you. And we're going to get married. Marriage right now, the way I look at it, is a business transaction. We are pooling our money together in order to be a success together. We come, we it's like a takeover. Okay. So that's just like um, Fiat taking over Chrysler. And they form Stellantis. It's the same thing. I'm coming as the primary sole provider to come and marry you. Either you make more money than me or you don't make more money than me. And I'm coming to take and join you with my corporation. And by joining you with my corporation, we become one corporation. But at any point in time, that corporation says, you know what? I don't want to be part of this corporation anymore, which doesn't necessarily happen because it can't happen because the the other owners have forfeited that altogether, which in this case could be the other parents, but forfeited all that altogether. And say, well, you know, I don't want it no more. And you say, you know what? I want to be separated. I want to be my own company again. So they go and form their own company. And then they say, you know what? Because I want to be my own company, I want to take half your assets so I can establish myself to become my own company. That's kind of what happens in a marriage. I marry this woman. Me and this woman become one. She says she, she, says she want to leave. She decides to leave. No, officially decides to leave. Because she could say all day, I want to leave, I want to leave, I want to leave, but don't ever leave. Then actually leaves. Then comes and then decides, I want to take half your assets so I can go establish myself when I leave. So I got to pay you alimony child support you take half of the business you take half of the house and what am I left with it is a bad bid for men not to have a prenup I'm just going to put it out there it's a bad bid for men not to have a prenup you need to have a prenup in place to save your ass I don't care if you have nothing at all you can be dead fucking broke get the goddamn prenup because if you don't get the prenup 
and she takes you for everything, you're going to spend a year or two trying to get it, trying to get it all back. I have a nice little story to end out on. And this is a story that I heard through the grapevine. I don't really know if I should tell it, but I'm going to tell it anyway. I don't think they're going to hear this shit. So a friend called me and told me of a situation of a family member. And I said, okay, you know, I'm gay. I'll listen. So this guy marries this girl. He comes into a windfall of money. Takes that money. Builds them a house. Found out that a few years later, the guy fell on some hard times. Built a beautiful home. Ground up, custom built. She took, she found out that she was cheating. Didn't do anything. Didn't file for divorce, no nothing. Finds out that she's still cheating. And files for divorce. He's out on his ass. And we talking about a 200000 plus home. He's out on his ass. Nothing to show for it. No job, no car, no money, no house. Out on his ass. Now, my question to you is this. What would you do? What would you do in that situation? You didn't build this woman a house. You have did all that you were supposed to do to take care of this person. And you fall on hard times. It kind of makes... The idea of through death do us part, sickness and in health, for richer and poor. You say this under the quote unquote eyes of God, but didn't have the fucking nerve to go file for fucking divorce and take the goddamn house that the motherfucker built for you. If that ain't bullshit have I ever heard, I can tell you right now. That won't be MNG. I refuse to be taken for half of my worth. Refuse. Also, you can live a particular lifestyle that you have already been living. That is not fair. But guess what? I have learned that there are men taking advantage of the divorce system. The stay-at-home dads, the, the men that are making less than the women, and then when they get to court because they want to file a divorce, they realize that they got to pay alimony. Oh, you in the same situation that man are in. You feeling the pain. So now all of a sudden, it ain't good. It don't feel right. Why do I got to pay a man to be able to go ahead and live a particular lifestyle that he was living when he was with me? But we got to do the same thing when you was living with us. It ain't fair, is it? It don't sound fair. It don't even sound good. <sighs> okay. Let me just bring it on in. I'm getting, I'm getting a little bit too hype on the mic. Let me bring it on in. I'll end up with this. We evolve and change as the years go by. For every decade that pass, you know, your frame of mind change. Obviously, your body change. Either you get more mature or you're going to get more immature. Either you're going to be more successful or you're not going to be more successful. We only have so much time on earth to be who we want to be and to show the world what we're worth. It's best spending that time with something 
that will provide you with a long, happy life and sustainability. If you want it to be love, let it be love. If you want it to be the caretaker to your family and that brings you joy, let it be that. If it's money, let it be that. If it's chasing skirts through the streets, let it be that. I'm not going to judge either way. As long as when you get to the end of the road, you die with a smile on your face and no regrets. This is MNG. This has been Farewell, Mr. Nice Guy. Go ahead and leave us a voice link. Um, You can send voice links to the show. I should have did it on all the other shows, but send a voice link to the show. I'll catch you on the next recording. I'll catch you on the next episode. Peace. Thanks for joining us on this unfiltered journey with Farewell Mr. Nice Guy. We hope today's conversation brought you fresh insights and a renewed embrace of authenticity. To keep the canon vibes flowing, hit the subscribe button for more thought-provoking episodes and share the podcast with your friends. As we wrap up, keep embracing your true self, navigating life's twists and making connections truly count. Until next time, remember that your journey to authenticity and growth is one to cherish.